Good morning, everyone. We are remembering and celebrating Dee's life today and tomorrow, and uh, thank you for that prayer, Emily. And these flowers on the altar up here this morning are a part of uh, what's been sent for her visitation this afternoon, so these are in remembrance of Dee here this morning as well. Last Sunday in the message, I talked about commercials a little bit, and I asked if anybody liked commercials, and I didn't get any hands raised. Um, <laughs> that's a shocker, huh? But um, this week I saw something that made me wonder about my Sunday messages. It said that these grandparents took their granddaughter to church one Sunday, and on the way home from church, they asked her if she liked it. And the granddaughter, she said, her response was, well, the music was really good, but that commercial after the music went way too long. <laughs> I guess if Sunday messages are like commercials, then at least these commercials about things that you really do need and, and should want in your life, and it's already been paid for. Uh, the good news of Jesus is free for all. And, uh, you know, the one thing I don't like, I said I liked commercials last Sunday because I was a marketing in college and all that. Uh, the one thing I don't like about commercials these days is how often they repeat I mean, uh, if I see that commercial on the airplane for Apple and AT&T one more time, (laughs) I'm going to lose it. But that one's been just, uh, they they play them way too often. Okay, as Erica said, we are continuing our message series this morning from 1 Corinthians 13, 13, where Paul says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is... Love. We know that verse very well. We talked about the first Sunday, we talked about faith over fear, having faith over fear. Last Sunday, we talked about having hope over despair. And today, we're looking at love over hate. So let's turn together to our passage this morning in 1 John, 1 John 3, verses 11 to 14. In this letter, um, to the Gentile congregations, the Apostle John focuses on love in almost every chapter. And, you know, he uses a lot of contrasts in these chapters as well. He talks about light and darkness, the difference between those. He talks about God and Satan. He talks about truth and error, life and death, and love and hate. And so love and hate is the subject of these verses, beginning with verse 11 in chapter 3. He says, for this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us 
not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. In one of our uh, recent life group Bible studies at our house, we talked about words that were frowned upon when we were growing up as children. There were quite a few words that were shared, of course, that were not acceptable. But one word that was shared, it wasn't really a swear word. And it wasn't really a bad word per se. It's just a word that does not leave us feeling good at all. The word is hate. This is how Webster's Dictionary defines hate. It says, an intense hostility and aversion usually deriving from fear, anger, or sense of injury. The Bible actually does say that we are to hate some things in this world, things that are not of God, but are of Satan and the evil one. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 8, Solomon actually says, he says, there's a time to love and there's a time to hate. But in the life of Jesus, our Savior, we see a clear example of how love should always be our guide in life. Especially when we're, we're talking about people of God who are created in his image, which we all are. We're going to talk about more on that here in a bit. But first, we need to realize that in our world today, the definition of both love and hate has become somewhat distorted to where I think sometimes people are not even sure what they really mean or what we're, what we're talking about. You know, does, does a person really hate another if they disagree with them, or if they have a, a different worldview than them? Is it hate if a person has convictions about sin and doesn't want to live in a world where everything goes and there is no right and wrong? I mean, there are numerous examples, of course, in our world today, but I, I think you know about them. We hear about them, uh, and they play out in our culture on almost a weekly or daily basis. So what is hate? You know, what does it really look like? Now, there are some examples that are pretty obvious. Some of them are up there on the screen. You know, terrorism, obviously, racism, war, violence, the demeaning of others, group hate, anti-Semitism, which we've heard a lot of recently, a lot about recently, and I think perhaps all religious hate could be uh, included there. And the list could go on. 
But in today's world, some examples seem to be distorting what hate really is. You know, if someone, if someone dislikes an opinion that you have or doesn't agree with you about something, is that really hate or is that just a different view on life? Sometimes it's okay, I think, to just agree to disagree and leave it at that. No need to hate someone because of it. Or, what is love? What does love really look like? You know, we know the, the different definitions of love from the romantic love to the love of God to the love of neighbor, love for humanity in general. We even might say something like, I love ice cream. <laughs> you know, I do. <laughs> There's things like that that we, we talk about love because we like them. But I think, again, like, hey, so often in today's world, love gets mixed up with that whole concept of just loving everything and accepting everything. And, you know, notice I'm not, I'm, notice I'm saying everything there and not everyone. Because Jesus wants us to love everyone, even our enemies. But in our world today, the concept of love has become confused so often with romantic love or love for your family uh, or agape love, which in scripture is a selfless love for others. We've heard that word in church before, agape love. So I don't want us to get too caught up in thinking about the false perceptions that the world has of these two words this morning, even though I do think they need to be stated and they need to be put out there. Because I'm pretty sure most people in this world would say that love needs to be practiced over hate. Why is it then so hard for people to live that out? John is talking more here about how we are to practice and live this out as children of God and as followers of Jesus Christ. Webster's Dictionary defines love as a feeling of strong or constant regard for and dedication to someone. Too many, uh, too many people these days, uh, romantic love has become like a God in itself during the sexual revolution that has been taking place in our world maybe the past 20 or 30 years. So you know, what is love? What does it look like from, from God's perspective or you know, from the teachings of Jesus? The Bible gives us many examples and in the four gospels, of course, Jesus speaks often about love. We even have the, a chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 that we call the love chapter. It says what love is and what is not. We've heard, we heard part of that this morning. It is patient. It is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs, and so on. John says that the message we have heard from the very 
beginning is that we should love one another. And, you know, he uses that example of Cain and Abel from the early chapters of of Genesis. Cain killed his younger brother, Abel, out of anger and hatred, basically due to Abel's offering to God that was deemed more worthy than Cain's was. A few verses later here, John makes a shocking statement that probably got your attention as we read it. In verse 15, he says, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. If that shocking statement isn't enough to get our attention, he continues on. And he says, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. If we think about the, the hatred of another person or a, or a certain group of people on the same level as physical murder, it makes us realize how harmful and damaging it can be. We also realize how it goes against everything that our Christian faith proclaims. We are to love others. We are to care for others. Even to the extent of loving those who hate us. That is a very radical type of love. But that's what we are to be about as followers of Jesus. In verse 13 here it says that we should not be surprised if the world hates us. Many in the world, of course, do not live by the same teachings of Jesus that that we live by. Many in the world do not follow the wisdom of God in the Bible that we pattern our lives after. And you know, if if they hate us for that, we are told by Jesus and John and others that we are to return that hate with love. That's never easy. But it is what we are to strive for. In fact, in Hebrews 12 verse 15 it says that we shouldn't even have a bitter root within us this is what those verses say it says make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many this past Monday uh, we was Martin Luther King Jr. Day in our country. And one of his more popular quotes revolves around love and hate. He said, and I'm, you've probably heard this before, he said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. How do we know what love is? Well, John, acts, John speaks to that beginning in verse 16 here. He speaks of how Jesus has laid down his life for us out of love. And then he applies it to us. He says we ought to lay down our lives for each other. Again, that's radical love. You know, it's one thing to... It's one thing to talk about Christian love 
it's quite another thing to actually live it out with words and actions and truth. One evening just before the great Broadway musical star Mary Martin was to go on stage in South Pacific, a note was handed to her. And it was from Oscar Hammerstein, who at the moment was on his deathbed. And the short note simply said this, Dear Mary, a bell's not a bell till you ring it. A song's not a song till you sing it. Love in your heart is not put there to stay. Love isn't love till you give it away. That's what John is saying in these verses. If someone is in need, show them love by meeting that need. If someone needs encouragement and hope, show them God's love by talking with them and sharing about Jesus. If someone at your work or your school is going through a tough time in their life, show them that you care. Show them the love of Jesus by walking through with them through a difficult time in their life. Verse 18 calls us to more than just talking about love. It encourages us to take action and to show it. Let others see the love of God and the love of Jesus by how you respond. You know, when someone wears a certain brand of shoes or a certain brand of clothing, we usually, um, we know, you know, we know what brand it is because a lot of times the brand is, is obvious by a logo or, or something like that. If you're in a hospital and, and you see um, doctors and nurses and how they're dressed, you know that they're a doctor, you know that they're a nurse. If you see the police or you see firefighters and they're dressed in their uh, uniforms, you know who they are and what they are about. And so as Christians, we need to be known by the love that we show to others. Words or acts of hatred should have no place in the life of those who claim to follow Jesus. I say words and actions both because, you know, there is hate being spewed out on social media these days. And it's much too easy for someone to make hateful comments when they don't even have to face the person. We need to make sure that we are not a part of that. If people know we are followers of Jesus, we need to make sure our actions, words, and attitudes reflect that. On second thought, we need to make sure that we reflect Jesus even if they don't know we are Christians. It should be who we are. It should be how we communicate and live in this world. In fact, I think we could even take it a bit further. And we could say that we are going to speak up for people when we hear others saying hateful words or speaking about them in derogatory terms. Now, we need to do that in a loving way, of course. Some people don't. We need to do it in a loving way, but I think too often maybe we shy away from saying something when we hear somebody saying something hateful towards somebody else because we're afraid of what they might say back to us, you know, or how they might treat us if we stick up for this person that's being, uh, that they're showing hate towards. 
I have to think of the times, you know, that Jesus healed the lepers in Scripture. And, you know, he was willing to touch those lepers when no one else would get close to them. He knew people were not going to like it when he did that. But his love for them did not keep him from healing them or showing his love to them. And the same thing happened when Jesus ate with sinners. And the Pharisees criticized Jesus for doing that. If you remember what Jesus said to them when when he was criticized for doing that, he said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. In another passage when Jesus was teaching us to love our enemies, he said, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. It's different when you show love to those who do not show you love in return. It's also a lot harder. Phil Wickham has a new album out, and he has a song on there called The Jesus Way. And I love that song just because it basically says, you know, this is the way Jesus would live. And this this is just a part of the song. He says, if you hate me, then I will love you. I will follow Jesus And I choose the Jesus way. In that song, he gives a lot more examples, but that one about love and hate uh, really fits with what we're talking about this morning. There are many stories, there are many examples of how people have loved their enemies, but I think one of the most powerful comes from the life of Corey Ten Boom. She survived the Holocaust, but her family did not. They were Dutch Christians who were caught by the Nazis for hiding Jews in their home. And she watched the horrors of the genocide at Auschwitz, and she barely survived it. But following the war, she she became famous because of her book that she wrote called The Hiding Place. It shares the story of her family and what they went through. And she was able, after the book was written, to travel around the world and the U.S. on speaking tours and, you know, talking to people about Jesus and what she experienced and grace and forgiveness and all that. And one of those evenings after she was sharing about the forgiveness of Christ, this man approached her and she recognized him immediately as one of the guards from Auschwitz. She immediately felt all of that horror and and that pain from those years of persecution come upon her. He told her that he listened to her talk and he informed her that he had been one of the guards at Auschwitz. She told him she recognized him. And in tears, this man asked if he could receive the forgiveness of Christ that she had been speaking about. At first, of course, she says she wondered if she really could pray with him, knowing what he had done to her and to her family and so many others there at Auschwitz. But then she remembered the teaching of Jesus to love our enemies and to forgive those who have 
who, who have wronged you 70 times 7. She had actually just been talking about it in the talk or the sermon, the message she had been given. So she asked Jesus to help her as she began to pray with this man. And she said that she felt this sensation that began in her heart and flowed through her arm and into the hand as she was touching his hand. And then she she heard herself saying the words, in the name of Jesus Christ, I forgive you. The man collapsed at her feet. And he wept as he was saying a prayer of thanksgiving and thanking her and thanking God. She later discovered that this man eventually became a pastor. And he pastored a church that had many people come to Christ because of his ministry and and so on. That's such a powerful example of what we're talking about this morning. Love over hate. We never know how far God can spread the love that we give. And we love our enemies because we recognize that Christ died for them too. We love our enemies because we know that the power of God's love and the love of Jesus is stronger than any depth to which we or anyone else can fall in this world. Even being an SS officer in the Nazis. We also know the power of hate in this world. And how it can bring destruction and destroy lives and bring death instead of life. Proverbs ten twelve says, Hatred stirs up conflict, but... Love covers all wrongs. As followers of Jesus, we should not allow disagreements, different worldviews, different lifestyles, different political views, different skin colors, different cultures, or different allegiances to cause us to hate another person. I feel like I need to say that again. As followers of Jesus, we should not allow disagreements, different worldviews, different lifestyles, different political views, different skin colors, different cultures, or different allegiances to cause us to hate another person. You may not agree with them. You may be upset about their views or their lifestyle. But there is no room for hating a person or a group of people who are made in the image of God just like you and I are. As I've mentioned several times this morning, love over hate is not easy. It's not. It's not the first response of our human nature either. I think we all know that. You know, but it is the first response of God's nature, which is the nature of Jesus, and which should be our nature as Christians. So may the Lord help us in this, and may may Jesus, who chose to love us and forgive us, even in our sin, help us to always choose love over hate.
Let's bow together in, in prayer. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning. We realize that in our frail human nature, this is sometimes not our first response when people hate us or we have enemies come at us. Lord, we pray that you would help us to understand that you are wanting to help us with this as we try to live out what you have commanded in loving our enemies. Lord, help us not to participate in the hate of the world. But Lord, help us also to realize that sometimes the world defines hate in ways that's not really hate. Help us to find ways to to love other people in the way that Jesus loved them, even in our disagreements. Help us never to participate in hate, whether that be face-to-face with someone or in the many social media or online interactions that we may have. Help us to always be about love and care and concern for people. Lord, I pray for each one here this morning. I pray for all of us. I pray that, that you would help us to understand your love. And just like Corey Ten Poom, when it may seem like it's the hardest thing we could ever do, I pray that you give us the strength and the courage and the will to do it. We pray this and we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, and all God's people said, amen.